I wonder who here you cook according to a recipe. Where are all the recipe people at? These are my people. Where are all the recipe people at? Now, where are the people that you just cook on the gefühl? I mean, you just a little bit of this. Yes, but okay. A little bit of that, you know. You see how you go. You see, I am a recipe guy. Um, I don't care who I'm cooking for. If it says chili, kids, you are going to have chili. I don't care how long it takes. You, we are co- The recipe says this. Now, Kat, she cooks. She's a way better cook than me. Um, and she cooks according to who she's cooking for. So she follows the recipe, but she says, um, well, you know what? The kids are not going to like that much chili, so we're going to hold back. She might let them taste a little bit along the way and will adjust the recipe according to who she's cooking for, which is really what a chef should do because it's all about serving. You see, I believe preaching should be like that. Preaching shouldn't just be that you stick to your notes and every, you're more committed to your notes than you are to your sermon. No, we should be feeling out. We should be letting people taste the sermon along the way. And you need to let me know whether I'm hitting the ingredient that is right or whether you're like, you know what, we're good with that, let's move on. That is why it's great to be in the room. That is why it's great to be, because we can hear, we can sense, we can go, okay, too much chili, a little bit more chili. You know, whatever it is that you need, and I want to encourage you now that we are back in the room, let's be in the room. Is that okay? Let me know if we're hitting a right ingredient, let me know. And we're going to add some more of that. And let me know if we need to just pull back a little bit, and we're going to make sure that we pull back a little bit. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. When they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples and his disciples, together with the large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard, everybody say, when he heard. Everybody say, when he heard. That it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said, cheer up. (laughs) I love crowds. I mean, crowds is like one minute. They're like, be quiet. Next minute, hey, come, you know. Cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. I want to speak a message today that I've called, Have You Heard? Have You Heard? heard. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for this day, Pentecost Sunday. Lord, we thank you that you are here, that this day, Lord God, more than almost any other Sunday, we can, we can just meditate and rest on that truth, Lord God, that you are present. And Lord, I just pray right now, speak through me like I believe you've spoken to me. And I pray that when we leave this place, may we leave knowing that we go with God, that we go with you, that you go with us and may we leave more in love with you than when we came in Lord God I pray for people that are tired for people that are sad for people that are sick for people that feel like they're on the outside looking in may you draw in may you heal may you restore like only you can do in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen Amen. did you know that on average every person will see and be exposed to between six to ten thousand ads every single day It's a lot of messages. It's a lot of noise, a lot of white noise. You know, what to eat, what to wear, what to try, where to go, you know, what to stream, what to download, what to watch. I mean, just thousands 
and thousands of messages constantly coming your way in billboards and ads in in the radio, wherever you are, on t-shirts. I mean, wherever you are, there are ads. Now, good marketing experts, they will try and cut through the noise and still to this day with all our gadgets and technology, still the greatest form of marketing is still word of mouth. Word of mouth. Have you heard? I mean, how many of us, we visited a restaurant, we watched a movie because someone told us about it. Have you heard? Have you tried this place? Have you seen this? I mean, I'm a sucker for it. If I, if I, if I like something, I want everybody I know to not only like it, but at least to try it. You need to go, you need to watch this. Have you watched it yet? What did you think? Oh, you didn't catch it? You need, you need to get into a few episodes before you like it. You know, I was the same. Yeah, I hit that wall too. Push through, it's worth it. <laughs> Have you heard? About nine years ago, we were living in Australia and I came over here on a trip to Denmark because we were having like an interest night, an information night about us starting Hillsong in Denmark. And so we just want to talk about, you know, to whoever was interested. And uh, it was awesome. And, um, and we, you know, we we're talking about what, it, what our plans were. We're starting church. And at the end of the night, we open up for questions. And I remember this one person just, just put their hand up and said, so what is your evangelism strategy? It's a very Christian question. But it's a good question. What is your strategy? As in, how are we going to get the word out? about not only church, but ultimately about Jesus. You see, I've always been fascinated with the woman in John chapter four. There's a woman in John chapter four called the Samaritan woman. She has an encounter with Jesus that changes her life. She gets so excited about this encounter. She runs back to her village with these famous three words, come and see. And basically, at the end of the story, she leads her whole town, her whole village into their own personal encounter with Jesus. This didn't happen because she had great oratory skills or great convincing arguments. No, she had an encounter. And she ran back and go, have you heard? Have you met this guy called Jesus? Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We've never had any other strategy as Hillsong Church than just building a healthy Bible-based, Jesus-loving church family. Something where anyone and everyone is welcome, where you can have an encounter with God, where you can have authentic encounters with people. And that should leave you with a sense of, man, I want to bring people to this. Like you would a restaurant, like you would a movie, like you would any other experience, just much more. I looked at this person nine years ago and said, what's our strategy? You are our strategy. I am the strategy. We are the strategy that we are the ones that will carry this message. Have you heard? Today is Pentecost. Pinsa. I read this, this quote yesterday by Robert Baer that says, Bethlehem was God with us. Calvary was God for us. And Pentecost is God in us. God in us. This moment in history when the Holy Spirit was let loose and into our lives. I mean, it was something that the heroes of the Old Testament, I mean, they only dreamed about in their wildest imagination that God, that the Holy Spirit will be let loose and live inside of us. I mean, in the Old Testament, it was particular people at a particular time 
at a particular place that could meet with God. It was reserved for just a very few and very elite people. Never had they dreamt that God could be found in the pursuit of him. And I think sometimes, if we can be honest, which is a good place in church to be, I think sometimes we can be ashamed of being Pentecost, like being Pentecostals. And, you know, it's a bit like, oh, yeah, we're Pentecost. Because if you're like, oh, I'm a traditional Christian, it's kind of like, well, that's acceptable. But the moment you say, you know, Frikirke, or the moment you say Pentecostal or Pinson, I mean, suddenly we are in a way different box. It's like, oh, you're one of those. You don't know exactly what that means, but you've got some kind of idea what it means. And, you know, you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to completely, you know, dismiss it because we all understand that there are a few that maybe have done stuff over the years that, you know, it's a bit out there. And we look at that, and unfortunately, the way we think and the way the world works is that we judge the many on the few, even though the few don't represent the many. And so it's so often it's just a few that do something, and it's like, whoa. And even us that are part of the club, we're like, whoa. But from the outside, it's like, you're all like that. It's like, nah, there's degrees, you know. And I want to just encourage you today and say there is nothing to be ashamed about being a Pentecostal. There is nothing to be ashamed about to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Being a Pentecostal means we believe God can be experienced. Can I say that again? Being a Pentecostal, it means we believe God can be experienced. Not just talked about, not just thought about, not just disciplines that we perform. No, we can experience God. That God is a moving God. That God is a speaking God. That God is a healing God. That we can feel God. That we can hear God. That we can be used by God. That we can be changed by God. That God is an experience, that we can experience God. It is no longer just a high priest once a year that goes to a particular place and they tied a rope around his leg in the Old Testament. I don't know if you knew that, but they tied a rope around his leg in case he had some hidden sin. And he would wander into the presence of God. And if it went, dunk, and they knew he had hidden sin, they would just pull the rope and pull him out. And he had bells all over him because they knew as long as the bells kept ringing, he was still alive. And it was just one person once a year that would enter the presence of God. That is what it was like in the Old Testament. But thanks be to God that today we can get to Jesus no matter where we are, no matter what state we are in, we can experience God. If you draw near to God, the Bible says in James chapter 4, he will draw near to you. doesn't matter where you are. You can be close to overdosing in a bathroom and call out to God. You can be in a boardroom with a bleeding soul and cry out to God. You can be walking in a forest contemplating about the meaning of life and you can experience God. You can be crawling out of a stranger's bed in the middle of the night full of shame and you can call to God and he will hear you and he will answer you and you can experience God. You can be sitting in the middle of the night with a sick child in your tired arms and you can cry out to God and God is a present help. In times of need, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, come one, come all, God with 
us. Have you heard? Have you heard? God is on the move. Aslan is on the move, C.S. Lewis said in the Chronicles of Narnia. God is on the move. Have you heard? That you can experience God. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's go there. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. It's amazing how often God comes to the degree of our unity. They were in one place, in one accord. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Like just a side note here, in cathedrals and churches all over Denmark, all over the, uh, Europe in particular, when you walk into the, the church, it says, quiet please. There's often a sign at the entrance that says, quiet please. Hat off, quiet please. And you're like, why? Because this is a church. But you listen to this, and the first church, the beginning of the church, it says the sound like a violent wind. And they began to speak. All of them began to speak. It didn't sound quiet. It sounded chaotic. It sounded like a storm. It sounded like what fans sound like at a football match. It was just a, a murmuring, a singing. A, that is what church is like. Now, there's a time to be con, you know, contemplative. There's a time to be reflective. But there's also a ta- time to lift your voice. There's also a time to make a joyful noise. Amen? Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, they heard the sound, a crowd together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they said, aren't all these people speaking Galileans? Then how, it is, how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Danish, Jutlanders, Swedish people, Judea, Cappadocia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, other parts of Libya, everywhere we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? See, as the disciples came out of this upper room where they were gathered, this upper room experience, they could not Keep it for themselves. And listen to me, church. It is so important to understand because while our faith is personal, it's not private. While our faith is personal, it's a personal thing, it's not private. We live in a culture, it's like, it's, it's, hey, keep it, keep it to yourself. Why? It's personal, but it's not private. I mean, you have a personal experience of a Netflix movie, but you don't keep it private. You have a personal experience of going to a restaurant you like, but you don't keep that private. How come when it comes to our personal experience with God, we are told to keep that private? No, it's personal, right? But it's not private. We are meant to let it loose. We are meant not to keep it for ourselves. Like Jeremiah said in chapter 20, verse 9, if I say I will never speak of the Lord again, his word, it burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I cannot do it. It's like when you have good news to tell, you know, and you know it's not your news to tell. You know there's someone else's story and you're like, I don't know what something to say. And you're like, go away because otherwise I'm going to tell you. In the same way it should be with Jesus. 
man, I got something to say. I got something to share. I got something to, 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 that you need to experience. I cannot keep it for myself. Have you heard? This is what should happen. There should be a change. Yes, there's a side of the Holy Spirit that enables us with supernatural gifts. Yesterday, we were sitting with our children, and we were talking through the gifts of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about the, the, the word of, of wisdom and the word of knowledge, and it talks about the gifts of healing and miraculous power and uh, prophecy and discerning spirits and speaking in tongues and um, tr- tr- translating tongues. And, man, I was telling them stories that I've experienced in my life, and we're not going to go there today. One day we'll go there. One day, not today. I know that's an ingredient you like, but we're going to pull back on that one. <laughs> you know, we're just telling stories of healings and crazy things, people flying through the room and, you know, just crazy stories. And our kids with just eyes like, Daddy, why have you never told us this? Okay, you're getting older. You're getting older. And it's morning. We're not going to tell these stories at night. And, you know, we're, we're talking about evil, people getting set free from evil spirits. And even me saying it right now, it's these stories that make people roll their eyes. Sure. I mean, you weren't there. I was there. And yeah, he flew through the room. <laughs> and here we go. Roll our eyes. <laughs> Why? Well, thanks. I will. You see, the thing is this. God never called us to be weird. And I think some Christians need to remind themselves of that. God never called us to be weird. He didn't go, your calling is to be weird. No, he called you to bear fruit, not be a fruit. Okay. He never called us to be weird. Why? Because the aim of every gift, every calling, every office, the aim of every single thing that God enables us to do, whether it's found in Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4 or 1 Peter 4, every gift, every office, every calling has one job, and that is to introduce people to Jesus and is to, grow, and is to help Christians mature into Jesus. That is the aim of it all. The aim of it all is not to put on a circus. It's not to put on a sideshow. It is not for us to get glory and us to get attention. No, all of it. It is so that we can point people to Jesus. Amen? Now, it's important to remember that God can do supernatural things in a natural way. God can do supernatural things in a natural way. Like I remember just before Corona... Uh, came and hit the planet. Uh, I was at a restaurant and w- we walked in and um, there was a few of us, I think it was Simon and me or Academy, uh, someone. It was me. And, and we walked in and, and the owner of the restaurant, he came, oh, he was limping. And I was like, hey, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I just fell down some stairs and I think I've broken some ribs. And, and he knows, you know, I'm a Christian. And, and so I was like, hey, you know, can I pray for you? Because uh, I believe that God can heal. And he's like, yeah, like, sure. And I'm like, we don't have to do it weird. Just give me a hug. And he's like, all right. So I just gave him a hug, and I said, hey, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for complete healing. I just pray that every rib, everything will just be healed. Now, no more pain. Amen. I was like, good to see you. And he's like, whoa. He goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. I go, I know. Now, give us a table. You know, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be like, all right, thus says the Lord. Ribs. Regrow. Mm. It doesn't have to be weird. God can work supernatural in a natural way. I remember when I was 16 or 17 years ago, I was preaching. 
I started young. <laughs> I was preaching at a, I don't know how I got this invitation. I was at a youth camp in Norway, of all places. And, and I was, we love Norway though, but you live in Sweden. And so I was preaching and I, and I, got, I got woken up like four o'clock in the morning and I just felt like God spoke to me. Now, the way God speaks to me, he speaks to everyone different. The way God speaks to me is just like every thought in my head just disappears. And there's just one clear thought. That's how he speaks to me. Other people, they feel things. Other people, they, they hear things. My mom sees things. You know, everyone, everyone does different things. That freaks me out. But whatever. <laughs> Everyone's different. So for me, it's just this thought. And so I woke up with this thought saying, at the meeting today, there'll be a girl with a blue dress sitting on your left. And she is suicidal, and this is her last chance she's giving me. And I'm like, okay, wrote it down and went back to sleep. And I went to the meeting, and I went up and preached, and I didn't even think of it until, like, I got up there, and I looked at my notes, and in my notes it said that, so I looked to my left, and sure enough, there she was. Girl, blue dress. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, that's called a word of knowledge, that you get a word of knowledge, or something that's going to happen in the future. And so it wasn't like, you... No, because that's weird, and it's inappropriate, and it's, it's, it's shameful. It is just in the middle of it all, while we we're all talking, I just walked over together with one of the female leaders and said, hey, can I talk to you? And I said, I just want to let you know that God loves you, and everything you have planned to do, and everything you've been thinking about doing, you know, you don't need to go down that path, because Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you so much. He sent this crazy Danish person to Norway to tell you that. She, you know, she broke down and this girl helped her and, and you know, she got out of that and got, and, and got the help that she needed. You see, God can do something supernatural in a natural way. Now, we sit here and we, we, it's so easy to listen to stories, whether it's, you know, small stories or whatever. And even now, you know, there might be people here going, whatever. You know, but Paul, he said in Acts chapter 26, verse 8, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? Like, why, if God is God, by definition, he could do anything. You know, isn't it amazing? We go, I believe in God, but he cannot heal. He's, he's God, you know. If you believe in God, you've got to at least be open for the possibility that he's all-powerful. That is normally, by definition, what it means to be God. I mean, even people that watch cartoons, they understand that. If you are God... You can do anything. With man, this is impossible. But with God, it says in Gospel of Mark, everything is possible. Everything is possible. We should not consider it too much that God, he can heal, that God, he can save, that God, he can restore, that God, he can set free. You see, God, he wants to bring everyone to the place where Job, he ended up in his life. In Job chapter 42, he got to a point in verse 5 where he says, I had only heard about you. Another version says, I had only heard a rumor about you before, but now my eyes have seen you. But now I've seen you with my very own eyes. If I can get the team to come and join me, that would be awesome. You see, apart from what God wants to do through you, God, he commits himself to what he decides to do in you. God in us is the same as God helping me. God in me is God helping me. God helping me. The God that can outwork miracles through you is the God who can outwork miracles in you. 
the Holy Spirit that can, you know, raise people from dead, set people free from spirit, make people fly through the room, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is that, that we read about, God can do a miracle in your life. He can work in you. This is what the fruit of spirit is all about. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, we get this list of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what the Holy Spirit is causing to grow in our lives. Paul says that you have not received the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and self-discipline. Now, for some of you, a great miracle might not be that you get healed of a you know, an ache in your leg or healed of a headache or healed. It might be a depression breaks in your life. It might be an addiction that breaks in your life. It might be a mindset that changes in your life. It might be something that's caught your family for years that breaks in your life. It might not be visible. No one else might know about it but you. That's what the Holy Spirit, He does. He transforms us from the inside out. Like Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the roadside, calling out to Jesus. Have you heard, Bartimaeus? Jesus is coming by. Have you heard? Jesus? Isn't he that guy who heals? Yeah, he's the guy. Isn't Jesus that guy who who touched those guys and they were healed from leprosy? That's the same Jesus. Isn't he that guy who, who, who spat on someone and then, you know, he opened their eyes? That's the guy. Where he's coming by here? Yeah, have you heard? Man, I want to see him. No, 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 I want to see him. And you could hear the crowd. He must be getting closer. The volume would have intensified. He must be here. And by the mayor's, he was like, this is my chance. This is my shot. Man, I heard about this guy, but I want to see him for myself. I, wanna, I don't want anyone else's stories. I just want, I don't want everyone else to live their lives. I was, we were sitting with our girls yesterday. And we're like, tell us more stories. I'm like, no, it's even better for you to get your own stories. Let's pray and, and have the Holy Spirit in your life so you can get your own stories. Have you heard? And by the mirror, he lifted his voice. Jesus, have mercy on me. Shh. You're disturbing the peace. We've got to run, sheet. Be quiet. Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, Mark chapter 10, verse 49. He's always moved by faith. Jesus is always moved by faith. Jesus stopped. I wonder if we make Jesus stop. I wonder if we pray prayers big enough that makes Jesus stop. I wonder if we dream dreams big enough that makes Jesus stop. Not just Jesus, give me a car park. Not just Jesus, I got a little headache. Not just Jesus, oh my gosh, Jesus. I pray that that camera didn't see me when I drove too fast, Jesus. No, I pray that we have prayers that are so big and so audacious and so life-altering for people around us that it rocks heaven and Jesus like, whoa, that's a dream. Whoa, that's a prayer. I can get involved with that. Jesus stopped and he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus 
And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man says, teacher, rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. He followed Jesus along the road. Pentecost is God in me. Pentecost is God's grace. Pentecost is God helping me. Church, have you heard? Have you heard that God still heals today? Have you heard that God still restores today? Have you heard that God still rebuilds marriages today? Have you heard He still breaks addictions today? Have you heard chains still fall off today? Have you heard that giants, they still fall today? He still gives wisdom. He still guides. He still leads. He still restores. So Jesus, He asked you today what He asked Bartimaeus that day. What do you want me to do for you? What do you need? When I was in Gymnasia, in high school, that used to be my thing. My nickname was Jesus. I tried not to be weird, but I was a little bit weird. But, you know, I would go to my friends and I was like, hey, what's, what's something that if God did that, if God did that, you would know with God. If God did that in your life, you would know, man, that's, that's crazy. And I just asked my friends, and I told that story yesterday to my kids as well, and they, they said, what if you didn't answer? I was like, well, the responsibility is not on me. It's on God. And so people would say different things. I remember one time, this uh, one girl from my class, she came up to me on a Friday. She said, Thomas, um, my, my, my grandma, she's in a coma, and the doctors are saying she's not going to wake up. And if she wakes up, um, she'll be a vegetable for the rest of her life. Um, like she will not function, but she'll be brain dead. And, um, and she goes, can you pray? You, 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 you say God heals, can you pray? I said, no, but we can pray. I said, if you commit to praying every day and I'll commit to praying every day, and let's believe on Monday that there is a change. She goes, all right. And so we went home. I was so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, all right, God, this is it. We prayed, we prayed for this grandma. Saturday, Sunday, man, I was in church. <laughs> we are praying, 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 praying. Monday, I was late to school. No, I wasn't. It was a joke. Didn't fly. I came to school, opened the door, and she saw me. She ran towards me. She goes, Thomas, 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 you won't believe it. I'm like, what? She goes, she's awake, and she is completely healed. Completely healed. And we had a chance to talk about the goodness of God. We had a chance to talk about that Jesus just doesn't want to heal you. He wants to live a life with you. God is not a magician. He's a savior. I wonder what is it you want God to do in your life? What do you want? Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? God can work in you. He can work through you. Is it your mind? Is it your body? Is it your marriage? Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your business? Is it your dream? What is it? What is it? What is it that God could put his hand on and say, your faith has made it well? Come on, can we just close our eyes? If you know what it is, if you know what it is, whatever it is, however big, however small, Some people think it's too big. 
no, no, nothing is too big. Then other people say, no, but it's just so small. Yeah, but God is so big that he even takes care of the little things. Because if it matters to you, it matters to him. So what is it? The moment you know what it is, can you just lift your hand? Whatever it is, just lift your hand. And I want to pray. And we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to touch your life. To touch your life. You might not even be a Christian. We knew that by the mercy, he started following Jesus after the miracle. We don't know where it was before. Jesus can still heal. He can still restore. Faith is just trusting in God that he is able and he is willing. Just lift your hand if you know what it is. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would touch people's lives. Whatever the need, from the most practical to the most spiritual, from the most emotional to the most physical, whatever the need is, we thank you that you are able and that you are willing. Whether they're in the room, whether they're in Olbar, whether they're online, whatever the need is. Like you open the eyes of Bartimaeus while you called Lazarus out of the grave, how you have done it over and over and over again. So today, Jesus, we reach out to you and we say, have your way. Where there is sickness, we declare your healing right now. Where there is lack, we thank you for your provision right now. We declare depressions to be broken. We declare addictions to be broken. We pray for marriages to be restored. We pray for children and grandchildren to come home. We pray for salvation in friends and family members, Lord God. Lord, we pray for our own lives, things, habits, mindsets that we are caught up in, Lord Jesus. We thank you that whoever the sun sets free, he is free, she is free indeed. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place, God in us, God helping us. Have your way in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Just with every eye closed and every head bowed still, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle that a human being can experience is salvation. It's a person that turns from their own way and turns to Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you're here and you've never had an encounter with Jesus, for you, Jesus and the whole idea of being a Christian is kind of this religious thing, but now you're hearing it's God helping me, it's God in me. It is a daily walk with Jesus. And you've never experienced that before, or maybe you once had, but today you realize I need to get back to that. I wanna pray for you. I wanna include you in a prayer, just like I prayed for everyone before. I wanna pray for you. I'm going to point you out, embarrass you. I want to pray for you where you are at, in the room, online, or in Olbo, wherever you might be. I want to pray for you. So I'm going to, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if that is you, you say, Thomas, include me in that prayer. I want to say yes to Jesus. When I say three, just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. You ready? One, don't let this moment slip by. Don't put it off to a moment you're not guaranteed you have. We have right here, right now. Hands are already going up. Two, I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. Do you know Jesus? So when I say three, if that is you, just lift your hand. You ready? On three, three. Just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. 
in the parents' lounge, in Olbon, online, wherever you might be, just lift your hand and say, I need to come back to Jesus. I need to reconnect or connect with Jesus. This is your day. God in you. God helping you. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to say a prayer. And I want to ask everyone, come on, everyone to pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin and my mistakes. But today, I choose you. I make you my Lord and Savior. And from today, I'm a follower of Jesus. I am forgiven. And I am free. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Come on, can we congratulate? Come on, can we really celebrate every person making a decision for Jesus? Amen. Amen. So good. Hey, we cheer you on, whether you're here or in, the, in another room, whether it's online or another location or another room in the building, wherever you might be. We cheer you on because we know what this meant for us and we know what it has the potential to mean for you. We say potential because one thing is to make a decision. Another thing is to change your direction and start to walk it out. And we want to help you with that. No one is meant to do life on their own. We are called for into relationship. We created for relationship. And we'd love to come alongside you and to see how we can help you. See how we can encourage you. We don't want to hold your past up against you. We want your future up in front of you. And say that is what God has called you to be. And beginning with, we want to give you a gift. Starts well. It's a New Testament Bible. And, uh, you know, we've got an English, Danish, a Swedish version. This is like a magazine formatted version. And I want to just encourage you every day, just commit to reading the Bible. Why? Because we get to know who Jesus is and we get to know who we are. We suddenly discover, wow, we can have this type of relationship with God. And then the second thing I want to encourage you to do is keep coming back to church. Why? Because the Bible says those who are planted in the house of God. What does that mean? Attending a program? No, planted in relationships. Those who are planted in relationships in the house of God, they will flourish. And so why don't you just make a decision? Next four Sundays, I'm going to be in church. I'm going to commit myself to church. And you watch in four weeks' time, if there's not already a change, if there's not already a, a tweak in your mindset, a tweak in your spirit, there's already a shift that is going on inside of you. So on the way out, we've got some amazing volunteers with these Bible pickup signs. They're here. They're in the parents' lounge. If you're online, there'll be an email address you can contact so we can send it out to you. But come on, can we give all those people one more hand? You guys are amazing. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're about to head on out. And, um, but I want to just encourage you. We've prayed. We've prayed. Now, it's easy to walk out, and now there's a voice. Because we cannot talk about the good spirit without also understanding there is dark spirits. There are dark thoughts, whispering, doubting, like the snake in the garden. Did God really say? Did God really say? It's easy to walk out with the same sickness and go, see, you're still the same. It's not for you. It's for everyone else. It doesn't work for you. Still depressed, still sad, still sick. Child still hasn't come home. Husband, still not returning phone calls. Whatever it might be, business still going down. Everything seems the same. Nothing has changed. But can I say the miracle is on its way. The miracle is on its way. Now, we do what we need to do in the natural, but we trust God with the supernatural. 
That means that we are, we do, you know, we are, we are good stewards with what is in our hand. We don't just drop it all and say, all right, God, it's up to you now. No, we are still faithful what's in our hand. But we trust God that he's going to add his supernatural. Amen. And so I want to just encourage you this week. Every time you think about it, you say, thank you. Thank you that I have received it. Thank you. Like you've ordered something. You know when you order something online, you don't doubt it's going to show up. Well, we don't want to say anything about any postal service in Denmark. But in theory, you, you order something and you know it's on its way. You get an estimated time of arrival, but you know it's on its way. Eventually, it will show up. Unless it's from the UK, you can wave that sucker goodbye. But eventually, it will show up. It will show up. We have asked and you have received. And it will show up. So when you think about it, just go, thank you that it's on its way. Thank you for my miracle. Thank you that this will turn around. Thank you. And can I encourage you? When it shows up, tell your story. Tell your story. Have you heard? My business has turned around. My marriage has been restored. I have been set free. This addiction is broken. I'm healed. Whatever it is, tell your story. Write it to us. Shout it out. Use your social media. But even though it's personal, please do not keep it private. Tell your story because God does it in you for His glory and His name's sake. Amen? Amen. So come on, let's pray together. And we'll head on that. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you're doing. And we want to say thank you in advance for every miracle, for every salvation, for every turnaround, for every breakthrough, Lord God. We want to say thank you in advance for what you are doing, for what you have already done. And Lord, I pray that your praises will forever be on our lips. That the moment the breakthrough comes, the moment the miracle happens, Lord God, I pray we will not keep it for ourselves, but we will tell our story. We will tell your story. Lord, we lift up every person that do not know you, Lord God, every person in our world, Lord Jesus, that is still away from you. Lord, may you use our story as we go out and say, come and see for yourself. Lord, I pray that we will see our loved ones have an encounter with you. So we give you all the glory and all the praise for what you're doing in and through our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And if you believe it, can you shout amen? Oh, come on. Can we thank Jesus ahead of time for everything he's doing? Amen.